Welcome to High Vibes and Grateful Heart, a podcast for women on the rise. Today I'll be in the studio with Jenna Cohen, HR consultant, and talking all about her role at Inspira. Good morning, Jenna. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's so nice to have you here on the show today. I'm great. grateful to be here. So I know my audience is very excited to learn more about your role at Inspira. Could you tell us a little bit about your heart-centered work and why you do what you do? So I would say my heart-centered work is really around helping individuals, teams, and organizations thrive. Mm -hmm. And I do that, of course, in partnership with the team at Inspira, um, as well as individually in, in the work that we do. Um, and really, it, it starts with connection on teams, um, connection with self for individuals and leaders, and then helping them to create environments where people can really show up and be the, their best selves and, and evolve and grow in the, at least the professional arena in a way that's meaningful. I can imagine the HR industry as a whole has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. Um, as a result of the global pandemic. What does that look like for you? So I would say it's been fascinating. It's been a roller coaster. Um, and it's interesting to me because some of the things that are that have happened as a result of the pandemic were already in motion mm. and were sped up, right? Right. You know, almost like the speed of light. Right. And HR as a function um, has emerged and is has become more of a strategic partner beyond, I mean, it was already on this path again to be beyond kind of your personnel, your back office, you know, taking care of employees, but not necessarily in the day-to-day, right? And of course, partnering with leaders, like that's not necessarily new, but the expectation of and the, the value that the HR function can bring to an organization is tremendous, and it's being seen in that way, right? So you see the investment in P- chief people officers or chief diversity officers or the broader HR leadership team to be viewed differently than it has in the past, and that partnership from the executive team at, at the executive team level on down Um, or really starting at the executive team, I would say, where the CEO is looking to your their chief people officer um, with with a a greater emphasis of partnership collaboration, given the the role that employers now have in employees' lives and what employees look to employers to provide. Right, that sense of responsibility is just really um, grown. I would say, you know, yeah, based on the needs. Yes. And and the sort of the uncharted waters, right? Yeah, and I I think it's been a wonderful thing to see because I think the the value proposition of an HR function has always been there. I think the the seat at the table that it has has been brought closer, elevated, however you yeah. want to visualize that. But it's um in service of creating a space creating spaces where the people can perform, right? right. Like the, yeah. it's business driven, right? For, for, for you to be investing in your people, that's most more often than not your biggest expense, right? As a company. Also your biggest asset. <laughs> and your biggest asset, yeah. right? So you are, you are cr- helping by, by investing in them thoughtfully mm. all the way around, right? You 
are creating opportunities to enhance your business performance. Absolutely. Right. And while people don't stay places forever, they're there for long enough, right, to have impact. And that's the intention. Right. And people want this sense of of purpose in their work. And it's not it's not the all the soft stuff, right, that people talk about. Yes, that's very important. But the it's being appreciated now yes. as tangible value and not just this thing to the side that can be addressed when we have time. Right. And employers have to think differently about how they bring people into the organization, how they keep them there in a meaningful way, like I said, and how they maintain a brand and reputation for themselves of who they as an organization, right. like who, their what culture. their heart center needs to be, Absolutely. right? And all of that, again, it's these assets that they have don't you don't just you know buy them and you're done right like right. the the, con- the the continued um attention to and investment in and connection with relationship building 100% yeah for sure and that even that taking the time to step out of the day to day and pause and build relationships when we work with leadership teams one of the things we talk a lot about is building professional intimacy yes and building that into how we do our work, but also giving them tools to do that in an ongoing way. It's not just about connecting as director of this or senior manager of that or vice president of this. We're human. Absolutely. It comes down to people, the people interaction. Yes. And we all bring a history with us and a a way of being in the world that, of course, then shows up at at work. And now more than ever, right, the intertangling of who we are as people is significant and can be overwhelming. But if you don't have that, the space in the partnerships within the work that you do to be yourself, to share stories, to create context, right, for Mm -hmm. why you might do what you do. It might not be something, you might know that it's not ideal how, what your default communication style is in this setting. And it's who you are. Right. So that awareness, but also the willingness to share that, right, and then build on that so that you can enhance your your work together to then deliver the work that you're – whatever the work is, whether you're a nonprofit, a for-profit, a small company, a large company, you know, sta- you know steady state versus hyper growth. Regardless, you're working towards something and you're sh- – your ability to show up authentically, authentically and connected only makes the work better. I, I can I can just I mean this is so so much around what we talk about every day on the show. It's what my book is about. It's all about human connection mm-hmm. and going deeper to truly understand who we are in ourselves, but then also how we um, interact with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that so it's so beautiful to hear that that's, you know, being considered and invested in um, from from the organization's point of view, yes. because um, I think it just makes for a much more sustainable um, exchange and relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's so great. Um, how did you discover this sort of passion to to you know choose this field? And did you have to go through any kind of transition um, to get there? Yeah, so whenever I pause and think about how 
how did I land here? Yeah. <laughs> or at this at this moment in time, knowing that I'm, you know, continuing to move, of course. Um, I am brought back to my work as a my my extracurricular activities really as a teenager in service learning, mm-hmm. where I was I would and through my Jewish community high school, we we had um programs in a homeless shelter with women and children to enhance literacy and connection. We worked with, um, we, we did cooking for elderly and um, disabled shut-ins to cook food for them. Um, I worked with um, mentally and physically uh, disabled adults um, to help celebrate the Jewish holidays with them. And all of that, was it wasn't just the action, it was also reflection and learning. But that experience or those continued experiences and being connected to others who were looking beyond themselves and understanding communities that were less familiar to them, like I was, really established a desire to to do work with meaning, whatever that would look like, yes. right? So, you know, what that translated to after I went to college was, you know, working in the nonprofit space, which I did. And through that work, worked internationally and cross-culturally with nonprofit organizations and, again, building connection, building community, creating spaces for learning. Um, And then that evolved to the opportunity um, through my MBA program to study organization development more closely. And I honestly, I didn't know that it was a field, right? It was almost like I was doing this work and... It, it was just the path, and then there was a name for it. There was language for it. There was theory for it, right? And that then kind of catapulted me into HR, um, which honestly was not on my radar at right. all. Um, so I grew my kind of HR foundational understanding kind of through my work at Biogen and had the opportunity to work with different parts of the business, again, at the individual team, organizational level, um, to create, you know, the programs for development and performance, but also think about restructurings of teams and greater um, effectiveness of teams at all levels in the organization as well. Um, I had always, you know, one of my first bosses out of college was from that moment, I was, you know, early early 20s, you know, she kind of put the idea of an MBA in my head. She put the idea of consultant in my head as like something she saw in me as potentially something that I would or could do. So it was always in the back of my mind. But going into consulting, I thought would be like a later stage career development. <laughs> and then the opportunity came to join Inspira. And um, that has then taken off. So over the past three and a half years, I've had the chance to to build an organization and to grow a team and to um, do incredible work across over 150 companies and um, really at the when it comes back to it, you know, going back to where I started, it is about being in service of others and organizations in and in the larger service of cre- helping to, being part of creating spaces where people work, that they can be their best selves, and that they can be their best selves as an organization to do whatever it is they exist to do, right? Yes. And to really live that and 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 um, 
demonstrate the value that they intend to have in their community and in the world, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, as far as transition, I I think there have been many, right? I think you know during that time, I've also grown my family and done that through a global pandemic, and, and <laughs> that was you know, fun. All, that was fun. <laughs> all the things. Um, I think you know there's been multiple transitions from from a career perspective, um, but also from a leadership perspective. You know, growing up that path, and it it I don't want to say it just happened to me. I know that I I put my time and energy into it to create space for it to occur, and like those leadership transitions are significant, right? right. Um, and you know, it's it's one of the most hum like in you know parenting being in, in a category, you know, being a leader in an organization with a team is humbling, right? And it's inspiring and it's um, stressful and it's, you know, it's invigorating, but it's also, you know, there's there's a lot that you carry, right, as a leader too. And making that transition for myself has been something that I've been thinking about more recently. Um, but I think the... I talk to my team often about the importance of being comfortably uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Yes. And th in so many ways, right? But I, I think if you if you are what I feel grateful for at Inspira and in the community that we have as well as in life is I have the people, you know, the village around me to to fall and to misstep and to be learning and to be growing and evolving and evolving and all of the things um, to allow me to feel comfortably uncomfortable. It's beautiful. Yeah. When we get too comfortable, that's never a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, you, you know, can choose comfort or courage, as Brene says. As Brene says, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Well, you have so much to be proud of. Um, you know, I, I, I really... I'm, I'm very inspired by you as a human, but also by the work that you do. I mean, it's clearly all based in this foundation of community and service. And that's really what, when we talk about your soul's passion, right? It's what are you good at and how can you use it to serve others? That's mm -hmm. that's what you're doing. And I and I think it's um, it's just really beautiful. And I'm so happy to be sharing that story with, with our, our listeners today. Um, but tell me about an accomplishment of, of all that, because you've done so much, but what are you most proud of? And it can be a personal, a professional accomplishment, but what, like, when you think about it, just brings a smile to your face of, of a sense of, um, you know, just accomplishment. I would say it's, it's layered, um, but I think the... I would say layered and unplanned, right, as things typically are, um, <laughs> such as life, um, would be the overlap of starting and growing a family while also e building, evolving a career, right? And I don't, I, I think there's choices that we make and there's things that also happen, right? And I don't think everything, I don't think anything is really fully happenstance, but I think that everything is a choice, right? Mm. And and I, I respect immensely all, the, all of the types of choices we need to make 
period, but especially as women and especially as working women, right? And I don't, you know, as I was thinking about this, I don't know how much conscious thought there was to it for myself personally. It it happened and and there were choices made, but not in a tough conversation type of way for my for myself in my situation. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the going back to that that village concept, you know, why and how I was able to do that was a combination of things, right? I, like I said, I was early in my career at Biogen. It's like I, I talk about the fact that like, I grew up there. I like I really established the foundation of my life there, and the reason I was able to do that was because of the respect and space and benefits that I was provided as an employee of flexibility, of parental leave, um, of commuter benefits. Right, so things that are not small, right in dollars or in concept or in impact, all of that allowed me to do it, right? So I could... That support structure. Huge. Yeah. Tremendous. And, you know, I had a a partnership with my husband that also has contributed to it, of course. And, you know, we've made choices together about each of our careers and how they can coexist um, while also, you know, caring for our family and how we wanted to care for our kids and be present and, and be part of their lives while also you know, moving yourselves forward, (laughs) moving yourselves forward and, and allowing them to be part of their communities through activities and extended day if, you know, to allow us to work and all of the things, right? So it's, it's all, it's multi-pronged and it's, um, it is very much like the, the village concept, but the, when I pause and think about like what makes me proud and, and proud to also like show to our kids, right? Like that you can, be you can have um, multiple things happening in your life at the same time that are bringing you joy and allowing you to be different aspects of yourself, yes. right? Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's competing priorities all of the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm um, able to fully compartmentalize anything ever. <laughs> you know, you can ask all of the people that I work with, clients and team members, you know, there's many times where I'm mothering and, you know, conference calling at the same time. And there's patience and grace to do that, right? And that started early for me in my career. And I'm grateful for that. I know that that's not something that everyone can say. Um, and that where I was at that point in time, choices I made things I asked for, right? So you also need to ask. Oh, very important. Um, being Advocate made a big for difference. yourself. You have to, right? And so when I first came back from leave with Ava and then with Elijah, each time I asked for, an ad- bef- this was before pandemic and before remote work was as much of a thing for larger companies, um, I negotiated to work from home once and then twice a week just because I was commuting and it was like one less day to have to, be that much of a runaround or that I had to not be present with my kids on either end of the day, right? So, but I, that, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, right? And it wasn't necessarily a norm, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that was a big deal either. And there was expect. I mean, of course I had 
I had to maintain myself in the organization and the work that I was doing and, and show up. And as long as that was happening, it, it worked. So I'm grateful for that. But that the, simultan- the, the simultaneous build of family and mother with professional and leader is something that I am proud of. And as you should be. And I think it's such an important topic for our listeners because I think, I don't think, I know that most of us as women have struggled with this type of balance, finding that balance in our lives, um, regardless of whether we're in corporate or, you know, doing our own thing. Like that is, that's real. It's and, very real. And But what's beautiful about, about your sharing here is that it can be done. And having the support, being in an environment where you feel supported to speak up for yourself mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, to create the space that you need to be a multidimensional human yes. and be and you know be successful with that. I think it's beautiful and I'm I, I love that you were able to share that with us today and with our listeners. So thank you. Um what about so what do you love most about yourself? This is so hard for us to answer these questions as women, but that's why I ask it. Like what is it about you that you just really feel um you know represents who you are, either a physical trait or a characteristic that you love about you? This is hard. Um, it's always hard. It's always hard. It's the hardest right? question for people to answer because we don't like to talk about ourselves. We don't. I I think what, what I come back to is um, my ability to listen actively and create and hold space mm-hmm. for people. Um. It's something, you know, I don't necessarily think about it often, but it, it's, I think it does come somewhat naturally to me, but I think that's what drew me to do my yoga certification, teaching certification. It's what draws me to um, the work that I do. Um, and it's not that I don't have things to say. I absolutely have a lot of opinions, um, but I also very much value understanding where people are. Meeting them where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And helping them fully appreciate where they are, right? And that's not, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough, myself included, time and space to really take stock of who we are or where we are or where we're going even when we are doing the work, right? There's always more to do. Sure. And um, I do think I I have the ability and it comes from a place of a desire, like a want and a, 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 um, a pull to truly seek to understand first yeah. and continue to kind of ask questions and, and create that, that space for people to then do with what they need to do, show up for themselves, for whoever might be around them. But that listening intensely and without judgment without judgment it really helps to create the kind of connections and trust that you desire in the work that you do and in in life Mm -hmm. in general right it's a beautiful characteristic thank you um so do you have a self-care practice Oh, Jen. <laughs> it's why they call it a practice. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> yes, I have I have a practice that I haven't practiced. Um, 
hear you. So, I mean, I think I don't. Right now, I would say that it's there's it's an inactive thing. I I have been starting to or trying, I should say, to rebuild a couple of rebuild or reintroduce, I should mm-hmm. say, a couple of practices. One is um, just getting outside. Yes, connecting with nature. Yeah, makes which all is the difference. Like it, it, you know, even if sometimes it's like I I forget I forget about it, and then I crave it, and then I do it even small. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to go. I I live in Franklin, and I it's like I'm going to go to Del Cart and just do the loop. And it's in my mind, it's like that's like a big time commitment. And then I do it, and I'm like, that was 30 minutes, right? Right? Like, okay, I can do that. And look right? how I feel. And look how I, I feel. It. Right? Yeah. Like I'm energized. My 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 body feels like different, right? It's just like I'm I'm more present in everything, right? And then I go into whatever is next with that oomph, you know. Right. Um, and then it's a matter of making that a habit, right? And really a practice. Um, but trying, especially now that the weather is getting nice, doing that more, both and I'll I'll do it with my kids or with the family on the weekend, and then it's like okay, I feel like it's like okay, I checked the box, but it's like Let's doing do it, it solo, right. like for myself with myself, um, is really what I am aiming to do. So I would say that's something that um, I'm working on. It's a work in process. Yes, yes, always. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for other women who might be listening today who are in some sort of transition, maybe looking to take a leap, feeling a little stuck, or you know? What what hope or advice would you give to those women? One, I think, is, you know, saying things out loud, mm. you know, putting... Intention. Yeah, acting with a sense and, and not... And knowing that just because you say it out loud, you're not committing. You're not saying that it must be. But by saying it, you're be, allowing something to begin. Yes. And it can then take lots of turns. It could reach a dead end. It could never take off completely. But, and say it out loud, find someone. It can be a person. It can be a tribe. It can be, you know, multiple, like, individual people that you just put it out into the universe and see what it feels like and what it does for you. And, don't be afraid for you to say something and for it to not go anywhere because then, like, you have to say a lot of things. Like, you have to try a lot to do a lot. And to be – I would say the second thing I would say is to to be patient with thyself. Ah, uh, yes. That's such a big – that's yeah. such a – because we're not – we. Even if we're people who are patient with others, we are. We don't give ourselves a no. lot of grace. And, we, and I think that's such an important piece of advice. Um, be kind to yourself too. Yes. Yeah. Self love and self acceptance. Yeah. And it doesn't it's mean, big. you know, loving yourself and, and accepting yourself is is also acknowledging that we're perfectly imperfect. Oh and absolutely. You it's not about I'm great, I do the, it's no. I am who I am and I'm I am also who I'm striving to be. And that's enough. It is. It's a journey. 
it's kind of fun. It is fun. Um, you've talked and we've referenced community, the importance of having that support and having a tribe, um, which, of course, is so much of what um, our organization is all about at the She Breathes Balance community and at We Breathe Wellness. It's all about, I mean, my whole role in my passion and my sole purpose is to create, be a builder of communities mm-hmm. and safe, supportive spaces. And we all know how important that is because even though we're programmed to sort of compare and compete, we're really designed humanly to for, for collectiveness and connectedness. And so we've, we all know how important that is. Tell me, um, do you have a, a tribe or a number of tribes that support you in the way that, that we've talked about today? Yeah, I, um, I would say I am more of a onesie twosie sure. web creator <laughs> of sorts. Like that's how my world is. It's yeah. more um, you know, I was never one to roll with a, a group of 20 friends or like have that, you know, that type of community. Um and that's just how things have been. So it's more at the individual or small group level. And I have pieces of that from different I love either that. parts of my life or stages of my life that and some of them are not constantly active sure but they're there right yeah this is goes back to this concept of holding space yeah and feeling um safe and supported to put the thought out there to Mm -hmm. put the idea out there and 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 see what happens exactly it's so great um oh this is so much fun and i know we're running out of time today but i also wanted to say um or ask you, what is something that you'd like to see more of in the world? One thing that comes to mind for me is more genuine curiosity of others. Mm. We're so quick to, and I think this is part of the human condition, right? Um, And influence of, you know, more recent phenomenon like, social media. Um, but we were so like focused ah, yes. and we're getting better. Right. But I think it takes intention. It takes, um, a sense of truly genuine curiosity to then allow us to create space for all that each of us can bring. For the individuality. Yeah. yeah. And we come together in these collectives, right? Sure. And But those communities, yes, there's benefit of like community, mm-hmm. right? There's so much a sense of belonging. Th- belonging and connection. And when you can have that sense of belonging in a community where there's all types of difference and the common denominator is humanity it is amazing things can happen right right we all like if if we pause and can think about a moment when we've been in company of others who were different from us and on whatever dimension that is you learn i was just gonna say the learnings that can come from and the self the the learning of others, but also the learning of self yes. and the appreciation for how or why we are as we are at the individual level, but then what then that allows us to contribute to the mm-hmm. to the to the Collective. greater whole. And 
I think if we all took a little bit more time to ask questions and learn and tell stories. I was just going to say to own our stories. Yeah. This is so important, right? Yeah. I the world it. would be a better place. Oh, it sure would. And we're on our way. We are. I am so honored to have spent this time with you today. And I know that this isn't going to be an interview that helps so many women. And it's just, you're just such an inspiring person. And I know how busy you are. So I was very, very excited that you were able to come today. Yes. How can people get up, get in touch with you if they want to collaborate? Sure. And they learn can, more about your work. Um, so from an Inspira perspective, Inspira HR is our website. We're on LinkedIn as well. And you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook, I guess, or my, my socials, if you will. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thanks for having me. This I was really, so much fun. Oh, it was fun. And that's the whole point of it. <laughs> okay, everyone, have a wonderful day. And thank you for joining us today. Until next time, I encourage you to practice high vibes and keep a grateful heart. With love, 